Please have a seat. We are in the midst of Great Commission Week, and we are the Great Commission University, that expression of the gospel love of Jesus for all people. Uh, and the verses we share with that Great Commission emphasis are from John 4. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus wearied as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, that is about noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. The school that I serve was just taking yearbook pictures. And there are many seniors with us today that have uh, just taken yearbook pictures for uh, their high schools. And, and all of you have uh, taken student ID pictures, and, and you are going to have a yearbook picture. And so it got me thinking about yearbooks. My Concordia yearbook from 25 years ago. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was flipping through the yearbook, and I found Dr. Krieger, our president who was a professor of English 25 years ago, and he had more hair. There's a picture here. And, and I found Dr. Schlichtemeyer, uh, who is the assistant dean in our school of education. And he was the women's basketball coach 25 years ago, and he had more hair. And I found Dr. McDaniel, our executive vice president, who was the assistant dean of students 25 years ago, and he had no hair. He's never had hair. He was born with no hair. It's just never been there. Uh, but, but there's, you know, there's this experience we have when we, we flip through yearbooks. We tend to, well, we tend to describe people in groups. Uh, you know, maybe there are professors of whom we say they are hard graders. Uh, you know, the tests are tough. You can't get away with anything in class. You really have to put in the work on a paper. And, and there are others that we say, that's an easy class. 
You know, that's a breeze, really. You don't have to do the readings. You can show up for the test. If you just kind of pay attention to the lectures, you'll be all right. And there are people about whom we say uh, they were easy to get along with. You know, they were a lot of fun. You could hang out with them. It was never any trouble. They were just really easy to get along with. And there are others that people describe as hard to love. Hard to love. Uh, Every one of us has people that we would describe as hard to love. And maybe they're the people whose behaviors have had a detrimental effect on you. Uh, They are people who have gossiped about you, uh, who have harmed your reputation, who have destroyed relationships that you've had, and they are just hard to love. Uh, You really don't want to engage them in any way. Uh, Or or maybe it's somebody who's just uh, really demanding. Uh, They always seem to have uh, these extraordinary needs. And no matter the ways you reach out to them or you help them out, you do a favor for them, uh, they always need something more. The woman at the well would have been described by many as hard to love. Uh, The woman, she draws water at noon, uh, which was unusual in, in that culture. Uh, people would draw water uh, maybe early in the day, even late at the day, uh, but she goes at noon, uh, presumably because there's nobody else there. Uh, Drawing water was often a communal experience. Uh, You would talk with other people, you would interact with them, but the woman does not do that. Uh, She may be described as hard to love because she has had five husbands and now is with a man who is not her husband. Uh, and, and people may believe that that has had a detrimental effect, not only on her, uh, but on the entire town, on everybody that has a relationship with her. Or maybe they just perceive her as one of those people who is entirely demanding that it is never enough. But she is definitely one of those hard-to-love people that is out there uh, drawing water at the well by herself. The danger with describing people as hard to love is that it causes us to believe that we are easy to love. Uh, that, that our behavior really isn't that detrimental, that our sins aren't that bad, uh, that we may mess up and do some stuff we ought not do, but it's not as bad as the other people that we know. Uh, people, uh, they get into far worse sins than we do. Or, or that uh, we're really not that demanding. I mean, uh, we're pretty easygoing. You know, we do the right things. We show up in chapel on Friday, and, and we go out to worship every so often. And, uh, you know, it's, we're really not that demanding. Every, every so often we may ask God for something in prayer, but it's not like we need stuff from him all the time. That's the danger of describing people as hard to love, is believing that we are easier to love. And that's just not reality. Inevitably, we all experience that reality, uh, that our sins and our behaviors are entirely detrimental. Uh, They damage us and others. They distance us uh, from God. That uh, we have as demanding needs as anybody. Uh, We struggle. We always have needs. We aren't able to do it on our own. And... And when you believe that you are easy to love, and then you realize that, well, maybe you're no different than anybody else, 
that gets you thinking about whether or not God really loves you. And the woman's experience is an extraordinary, extraordinary testimony for all of us. Uh, because Jesus does not define people as hard-to-love people and easy-to-love people. Uh, Jesus just loves them. Uh, he just loves the woman. Uh, and, and in reality, as he has a discussion with her uh, about this living water, uh, about faith in him, about the eternal life uh, that he has to give, he brings up the woman's sin. Uh, he highlights that thing that everybody else would describe as hard to love, and, and he does that intentionally, to even with that description, then to still love her, to still have a relationship with her. He, he would do the very same for us. He would drive us to a recognition and a, a repentance for every one of our sins, and then he would still love us. And there's a word in there that perhaps expresses that as effectively as any. And just having a, a few minutes today, uh, maybe that's all I can preach on is one word. Uh, and, and the word, the word in there is whoever. In verse 14, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Whoever. Uh, Jesus does not group people into hard to love and uh, easy to love. He says, whoever. Uh, the person that has deeply offended you and, and hurt your relationships with others, whoever. He loves them. And with whoever comes whatever. Whatever they have done, uh, whatever sin they have committed, whether they have gossiped about you or they have uh, assaulted you, whatever the sin, uh, there is forgiveness for it. And that also means wherever, wherever you find them, uh, in the dorm room, hanging out with a roommate on a mission trip on the other side of the world, wherever they may be, he loves them. And whenever, whenever in their life uh, that may happen, uh, whether it's in college and they hear the message of Jesus, uh, or maybe it's somebody who, well, is nearing the end of their life, uh, and you get a chance to talk to them about who Jesus is and what he has done. Whoever, whatever, whenever, wherever. Uh, that is, well, that is the love of the cross. Uh, when Jesus died, <laughs> Jesus died for whoever uh, would believe in him. Uh, he died for whatever sin they had committed, uh, wherever they may be found, uh, whenever they may hear about him, uh, that is the death that Jesus died. Uh, for every one of our sins, for that woman at the well, for you and for me, for uh, all those people that uh, we may describe as hard to love, and for those of us who uh, would sinfully think that we are any easier. Jesus just loves us. And that is, that is the thought that I have when I I'll read through the yearbook. Uh, as much as I have thoughts about the experiences that we've had and uh, the memories that we've made, um, I have thoughts about the work that God is doing in these people's lives. Uh, wherever they may be and whatever's going on in their life and uh, whatever's gotten messed up and uh, whoever they have become in their professions, the same Jesus that they heard about here, the Jesus that lived and died and rose again for them, uh, is 
pursuing them. Maybe it's not to a well. Uh, Maybe it's in the pew. Uh, Maybe it's in a desk chair. Uh, Maybe it's out on a a softball field. But that same Jesus is pursuing them and sitting right beside them uh, and encountering them in their hardest to love moments and expressing to them, you are loved. Because he doesn't just want to see them in a yearbook. He wants to see them in his book. (laughs) In his book of eternal life. In the name and for the sake of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, every one of us has people in our life from whom we have distanced ourselves that we believe to be harder to love. And Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for that. Forgive us for not only believing that about them, but believing about ourselves that we are any easier. Uh, We pray uh, that you would remind us of our own sinfulness. Uh, that you would move us to repentance uh, and then, well, you would assure us that you love us. And in doing that, then love other people through us. Enable us to express that to every person in our lives, to the roommate with whom we are having an argument, the teammate who seems to be all about himself, uh, to uh, the family member that uh, just seems to have uh, enormous needs. Uh, Jesus, love them and even love them through us. We ask that in your name and for your name's sake.